Hey, good, good evening, good evening, everyone. You know, welcome to Fireside Gems, uh, where we have on uh, community, social commentary, and global artistry. I'm your host, Galactic Nomad. We got Baku, we got Sakuma, and we got a special guest that we're excited for. Why don't you introduce yourself to the, uh, to the people? What's up, you guys? This is Amaris, and I am very excited to be here with you, and I'm looking forward to learning and, and listening and, <laughs> and being a part of this movement. Yes, yes, yes. Thank yes. you for coming. Yeah, over And so, um, Amaris, your full name as an artist is Lauren Amaris. Is that correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, we just want want the people to know who you are so they can find you once we get into it. Um, so, how long have you been into music? Um, how long have you been making music? Well, I've been singing since I was five years old. Um, I started singing in my dad's church, and um, I went professional when I was 20. I had got signed to a small boutique record label here in Chicago called Rose Hip okay. Um, George Daniels was a part owner in that and um, I did yeah I did the, the album and I, they were, it was like third party distribution but I never saw that part of it the deal so I didn't release with them um, after that I moved to New York actually LA and I started ghostwriting uh, for different labels there. But, like, as far as royalties are concerned, they're like, you're going to get paid in a year. I'm like, I got to eat today. So, <laughs> so right. I ended up going, right, it was like maybe you could do some waiter jobs or something until then. But I ended up moving to New York. And um, the first month that I was there, I ended up on American Idol. Um mm. Yeah, so I mean that was an experience. It was very interesting, very learning, like a learning experience. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, this is I'm in La La World, very La. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. That's that's the truth there. So Mm -hmm. that is, you know, that's that's a lot right there. I mean, just you know, um, all of that. What she said, you know, going from, uh, you know, having a musical influence at a young age, and then jumping in with the boutique label and then moving to LA and then moving to New York. I mean, that's, that's yeah. moving. That's a lot of moving. There. So <laughs> yeah. with mm-hmm. American Idol, um, uh-huh. how did that, you know, how did that progress for you? And what did you learn from that? Well, what, what, um, uh-huh. yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I feel like at that time I was a, a lot naive. Like if I saw it for what it was, I could have uh-huh. utilized and taken better advantage of that opportunity. Um, like, I made it top 60 out of 100,000. Um, made it three episodes into Hollywood. And, like, Simon gave me my first yes. Um, but it's a television show. The executive producer, like, this is a television show before it's a talent show. So they're yeah. looking for you to get on there and, and you know, Perform, but right, in a different right. in a different aspect. Yeah, no kidding. And I, I'm not that kind of artist. I was like, I just wanted it to be about the music. Um, I right. wasn't prepared as I could be because, like, while you're there, they're paying for everybody to be there. Like, they flew us down, TMZ flying over your head, trying to find out who's going to be on the show, and right. we're not sleeping. Like, you're, mm-hmm. you're they got, yeah, they, yeah. they got you want to film you. Right, constantly moving. So as a singer, 
if you're not sleeping and you're not taking care of your body and your voice, you can't get right. no sound. You ain't gonna sound like Beyonce coming out there. You gonna you gonna right. you know if you're not prepared, it it, it can hurt you. So um, yeah, yeah. So during the group portion, and the other thing too is during the group portion is where I got eliminated. But the other okay. people that are there, you don't know how they got there. Yeah. So you thinking that you since you made it this far, you must be doing something, right? Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So the people that were on my team, um, like one girl, she was the team girl. And um, so she, what, you know, what? They, they called her bikini girl. She made out with Ryan Seacrest at her audition. Uh, she tried out in a bikini. So she was ooh. more, right, she was more of, um, I guess, a, an entertainment pawn. It wasn't like she was uh, there because she had the bomb ass vocals or anything. Um, right. And the girl, like, when we were going in our group, the girl that went first, she was the one that continued on. Everything after her turned into a train wreck. So there was uh, her, this other girl named Rose, the girl that quit on us. That was mm-hmm. the key girl. She quit and then tried to come back at the last minute. She didn't learn any of the court. I just didn't learn a song. So everything's live. So it's like the piano yeah. player is playing a song. And um, by the time I was the last person to go, the editor mm-hmm. made it look like I went first, but I was the last person to go. By the uh-huh. time the song got to me, um, the song was already screwed up. I'm supposed to pick up on the piano, but the one girl forgot the lid. The bikini girl didn't know the song. And by that time, Simon was like, stop, stop, stop. What <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, 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 right. Girl, that is hilarious. That is hilarious. You know, I mean... Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, I, I appreciate you giving this this insight because I kind of got some insight myself because I auditioned for American Idol uh, wow. way back uh-huh. in the day. And I auditioned for also The Voice. Um, and I had some totally different experiences with those. Voice and is not also, Yeah, but, but mm-hmm. it's still also a TV show. It's still also Hollywood production, all of that exactly. as well. And so, you know... It, it, it all comes into play. I mean, I have some of the behind-the-scenes, uh, you know, details as well in terms of, you know, the experience of once a person gets through. Because mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't get through to the next level um, uh, in American Idol. But at the time that I auditioned, a uh, guy I was in college with, he was auditioning at the same time. We both were down there. He got through. But he got through because he was a character. Exactly. Because, you know, he, mm-hmm. um, you know, he was all, you know, doing the most so that he could get on. And he got on, and I think he maybe lasted, you know, 10 episodes or something like that. And then mm-hmm. that was it. And, I mean, he could sing. He didn't have the most dynamic voice, but he could sing. Um, right. He was kind of like a like a Backstreet Boy type or something, you know what I mean? But uh-huh. um, but that's Question. why he got on, you know what I mean? Question. Like because uh-huh. yeah. Question: Did um when he did the the, the process as far as like um the auditions? Because the thing is, he, he got to go interview to, with he got to interview with, with Simon and all of them, and I got to interview with whoever production crew. Exactly. Okay. That's what I was about to get and, into because you see six different eliminations yeah. before you yeah. get to see the celebrity judges. And some, but some people they didn't even it didn't happen like that for them. Some people they just 
Yes, they do. And sent them straight on through the assignment and Paula and whoever. You know what I'm saying? Right. And mm -hmm. so when my audition came around, first of all, I waited all day. Okay. Oh, yeah. All day. I slept on the third child uh, <laughs> on the streets of Detroit. Okay. Wow. Like waiting in line all day to, to get in there. And they cut off the line like right, like damn near right after where I was in line. And so. Mm -hmm. I waited all day, child. And then at I the end of the day, well, I know. <laughs> all day. And at the end of the day, they they took five of us in a room at the same time. Five. Mm -hmm. Okay? It wasn't no one person that time, Paula Simon and whoever. Five of us wow. in a room. We stood on a tape line. There was a tape line on the floor. We stood there mm -hmm. on that tape line. Above that, about a foot and a half or two above that was a tape X. When they called your name, you say to step up to that tape X, mm -hmm. you sang your portion, and you went on back to the line. <laughs> okay. Right. And so, like, that's how mm -hmm. it was. You know what I mean? And so, like. I did that part, too. And then they passed yeah. to the next thing. And then you get to um, be the producers. If you pass yeah. their cut, then you go to Simon Fuller. Simon Fuller is the executive producer. If he right. you, then you go see the, the celebrity judges. And he likes me. I got hustled. But then it's like, you know. Right, right, there, right. So whole nother ball game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and see, that's the stuff that they don't, they don't, uh, they don't, they don't advertise. That. They don't, they don't advertise that. They don't, oh. you don't know that process unless you go through it. Another you, good you know. note to make is after you, after you make it through to Hollywood, they make you sign a contract where you're there for over a year. Even if you don't go any further. Even if you don't make that. it, because they want right. to use you after that, exactly. because they may have, you know, shows and things, and oh, and you get for if you win, yeah. if you do get something going, they want a piece of it. Oh, it's absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. oh, There's a sacrifice involved. There's a sacrifice yeah, involved. Those, that's, that's the other aspect. Yep. With those sacrifices, I have a question. Oh, I have a question. If you guys would uh, do again or yeah, repeat? Nah. Or like I, don't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily do it again. If I, if I did choose to do it again, I would definitely go in there with a different mindset, but me understanding the game, like, I enjoy being an organic artist. Like, my friends, my other artist friends that have already made it, like, they're playing Carnegie Hall, like, they're on tour, they're doing things. They were trying to warn me not to do it when I signed up to do it. And I was like, well, right. I got shit else going on right now, so why not? So I took the opportunity. Right. After that, I went on to write music for television and film. And I had some <laughs> success in that that took me on tour to Europe. Um... But yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it again. You know, I have a question hey, you know what? what? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just uh, had a quick I, question. I would, oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was just gonna say, no, I, I don't think I would either. I, I, I pretty much came to the conclusion that that ain't my portion. Like that's not my, that's not my path. That's not. I my don't want right. I, I don't, don't want to sacrifice American Idol. I just want to no. be an artist. I want to be my own individual self. Absolutely. You know, once you, they're trying okay. to make you into an American idol, you become their property. You become something they create. You have to sacrifice a part of yourself to be on that platform and to be mm -hmm. what it is they want you to be. As opposed, you, you know, they they take away an, a, a, a large element of control, like, right, from inside. Of you that become you, you become a, a cookie cutter a little bit. Who do you guys you give it away? Any of the artists that actually won besides Fantasia, maybe Ruben Sutter. 
Like who because you because the people who have been one. successful have been the second, the ones the second win. string, or the second, the second or third person. Those exactly. are the people that actually had real careers because it wasn't mm-hmm. about just who won. It was like who has real talent. At the end of the day, like it's like who has the real talent, who mm-hmm. can go further, and those and are then also have successful careers. And who got their freedoms back after that too? Like after they, the yeah. show, like were they able to doubt that they're not? They didn't. They're not the American Idol. But once all the contracts is over, they can once they were done with that, they're free they agents. Could, they could be an artist. They can and now they an have artist. that publicity behind them. Got that battery in your back. True. What you gonna do with it? True. And that's well, the one thing that it will do once you get released from those contracts. Is yes, because it's giving you a certain level of exposure and you know as artists we always we like to stray away from that exposure exposure because people always tell you oh it's good exposure when they don't want to pay you something but when you're on that large of a platform that kind of exposure is the kind of exposure that can take you where you it want can to take you yeah you can use it can that. take you it can take you places you can use that kind of exposure. that's why they make you sign a contract in the first place yeah. <laughs> but there's a sacrifice involved and you better know it when you go into it that's mm-hmm. that's the reality. But you know what, this you 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 have a, a really large breadth of experience, um, which mm-hmm. I think is amazing. Um, you said that you you write you wrote for television and film. So did you study classically as a musician, as a vocalist, as an artist? No, like at my at the age of eight, I composed my first song. Um, I started writing songs at fourteen. And I use that as an outlet. Music was like basically my therapy because um, I suffered a lot of traumas in my life and I had to overcome a lot of things. So with music, it helped save my life. But then later on in life, when I felt like I wasn't able to do music anymore, it almost took my life. It almost took me up out of here, um, battling depression and the other demons and other things like that. Like. I had, um, I was almost murdered, and I was wow. homeless, like, I've been through a lot. I went from being homeless to making the 10 grand a month. I was like, I, I can't, right. I was even hustling paintings in, in the Hamptons. Like, I was selling $20,000 paintings. I was like, I will not, I will not, this is not it. Like, I'm not going to be right. homeless, period. Like. Yeah. It brought a whole nother fight out of me. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So can we talk about that real quick? Like, like for the yeah. folks that are listening, um, you know, that are battling depression, the folks that, that, you know, are going through their internal demons, like, mm-hmm. what is some advice that you would give them? Like, what are some things that, that you kept going? Because, like, you know, a lot of people hear the stories of, like, you know, I just kept pushing and pushing and pushing, but, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of people don't know what it, like, what's the push to. Like, a lot of people don't know what that means. And, how to tap in their own like you know talent and, and their own selves so like what advice mm-hmm. would you give to folks like that um that have gone through it um well the the one thing is i kept sacrificing my own power i didn't know that i was giving my power away by not acknowledging that it was my power period like mm-hmm. um the thing is Everything that was happening around me was also a manifestation of my doing. You know, like me being depressed, like my vocals, like, okay. Um, I had my, I went to a vocal coach or vocal therapist and they uh, did, they x-rayed my vocal cords because I was recording and it was sounding different. I was like, what's going on? And I found out that I had some polyps. And yeah, 
yeah so once i found that out i was like oh my god and they were like this is how much surgery is gonna cost i can't afford that like right you know right. like that's, that's not gonna happen then at the same time even if i do the surgery um there's no telling that how i'll be able to sing voice. again right like right. i'll be able to have my style or if i have to learn that's- to talk again so that sent me into a depression where i started drinking and I started, like, just being a socialite in the nightlife scene and doing all this stuff. You know, I was living the fabulous life. I'm on the jets, the private jets and, you know, the yachts and doing all this stuff to kind of just kind of numb myself at the fact yeah. that I might not be able to sing again. Um, yeah. And that led me to a path where I was surrounding myself with the wrong kind of people and uh, almost got, got taken out. And then after that, experience happened to me um I was like just bone thin like I had to wear like four pairs of pants just to look like a normal human being um like I thought I was dying of cancer or something I was, it was just so much going on I yeah. just pulled myself up I ordered vegetables I was like okay I'm going vegan I read a book on it and yeah. okay and now I'm gonna do it so I started doing that I started living clean um, I became sober, and um, within a week of doing all of that, my body started to change. Like, my energy started to change. My skin started to glow. I had energy like I was 18 years old again. I was like, holy, what? why don't they tell us this kind of stuff? Like, why don't we know to eat this kind of food so we all feel good? And, of course, they don't want that. Um, I'll explain that part later. But um, Oh, you don't got to explain it to me, sister, because when I was a vegetarian, I had the same experience. I had the most energy I had ever had. And when I went to vegetarian, I was actually in high school. Okay. Uh-huh. So I was young. I'm like, I'm young. I already got energy. But now it was like, woo, the energy went like 10 times higher. And exactly. I was like, where did all this energy come from when I'm not eating meat? I so said, if I'm not eating the soul. meat. I said, if I'm yeah. not eating the meat, then the energy, then the meat must be taking some energy away. Cause I ain't never think about it. it. Think about it. The thing is, we, we, we're, we're like water. So this, it, yeah. we're, we are energy and we're like water. So when you match that energy with that water, what do you, how, how do you feel? You know, what energy are you putting into that water? And if That's you're eating fluidity. a dead animal, yeah. eating, eating a dead animal, like that animal is energy or it was energy, Absolutely. right? So what kind of, how did that animal die? It was traumatized. It was scared. It probably watched his other siblings die. It, it, it's fear. You consume in fear, and at the yeah. same time, like at like plants versus animals. Animals can get disease. Animals can bleed and, and get infections, just like the other like humans. So plants don't do that. Like you know what I mean. So if you're eating an animal, or you don't know where that animal that meat is coming from. It can change your makeup. Even when you're eating food out, if somebody's preparing your food and, and right. they got off energy, it can mess with you. Right. Absolutely. It's just thoughts from pescatarian, like being, cause I, cause I mean, like, I, like, I feel weird when it's like you like chicken and beef. And, but mm-hmm. like, I, I, I did it a month off and it's like the straight up fish and felt a lot better, but like, Mm-hmm. You know, I'm teetering between the two. Like, what are you guys' like thoughts on pescatarians? Like, well, I'm actually a pescatarian now. I was vegan hey. for six years, and now I'm a pescatarian. After um, after having my son, like, pumping milk and everything, I was like, I need something. I need a little bit, a little something. And the fish, 
I mean, it's, it's a sea animal versus a land animal, but at the same time, it's a lot lighter protein and it's easier for your body to digest. Whereas a land animal, in order for them to contain those animals, they have to inject it with all kinds of steroids, antibiotics, and drugs. And if it doesn't kill the animal, send it out. FDA approved. Exactly. Now you're eating that food and it's making you sick. And then after you get sick, you're going to need them for medicine. So 80% of the of the drug industry, their their revenue is created from the drugs that they sell the food industry. And then the 20% is the drugs that they sell you after you get sick from eating that food. It's all connected. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, well, Food and Drug Administration, right? Right. So, they all in bed yeah. together. So, and I mean, so. not to speak, get on the, the whole corruption of that whole system. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm definitely oh, more mindful. And that, I, I also that that part of like my walk as far as like becoming vegan healing myself i healed myself i would go to the gym every day i was phoned in and i was working out with these bodybuilders and then by six months into it they're looking at me like these mo they dapping up with me like okay because <laughs> i yeah i healed yeah and, so, and were you during that time and, and going vegan is is that what healed the polyp on your vocal cords or did you I still have it and I had to learn how to sing around it but um, uh, by me going vegan and doing like that's also part of a spiritual walk too I didn't know I was entering yeah. into a spiritual walk but it was it was the beginning and doing that it taught me how to heal myself I instead of focusing on what I couldn't do I started focusing on well, hey, I can still do this. I can still do that. Let me try. I'm going to do my vocal lessons. I go out and I still sing. And um, I started writing for television and film. So I wasn't on stage doing all that stuff anymore. But me still creating my art and getting it out there was also healing for me. It yeah. meant a lot. Well, that is, that's awesome. I mean, I just really appreciate uh you know, you sharing your story with us, but just the sheer amount of things <laughs> within what you have experienced, I'm just like, well, oh bless the Lord. You know what I mean? Good. <laughs> <laughs> you like walking over here, okay? Because all of that stuff you didn't went through. I mean, come on, when they tell you everybody got a testimony, they ain't lied because <laughs> you told that one, okay? So thank you, I just want to say, you know, thank you for sharing that with us and um just you know, that's that's extremely encouraging to to hear the things that you have experienced and been through and you know, to hear you now saying I I not only did I experience these things but I, I walked through these things I mm -hmm. overcame these things and um you know I gained my power back I gained my strength back mm -hmm. physically mentally spiritually energetically and I'm living I'm living now I'm living and I'm creating mm -hmm. and I am doing uh you know what I am meant to do and I'm using mm -hmm. the gifts that the creator has given me and that right there is 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 you know the icing on the cake you know, so yeah, and the the power, like our power, isn't outside of ourselves. We don't have to go outside looking for love, looking for this, looking for validation. Everything is inside. Like even when I get off the phone, I go to meditate. I'm going mm -hmm. inside to manifest 
what I want Absolutely. to see on my outside. Absolutely. Yeah, you go inside. Your mind is is a garden, just like it's it's, it's a it's um like a model, like like the universe. So yeah. it, it, it's it's that receiver. Absolutely. So you can call out, go inside, call out, and and have it come back to you. I didn't know that. Uh-huh. <laughs> now now I oh, do. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, that's a beautiful that's a beautiful recognition, you know, to to have that and to be in that space. And you know, hearing uh, all of the aspects of your story definitely give me a greater framework for you know the positive lyrics, you know, that you create, uh, you know, in the song that uh, I've listened to from you. Uh, I can hear where that inspiration comes from because you you've lived it, and I. You know, I can really appreciate, um, you know, I can really appreciate that because there's a lot of, there are a lot of people or artists that make music commercially. They they write songs because they want them to sell. And as opposed exactly. to writing from a place of truth and transparency, honesty, mm-hmm. authenticity, you know, um, love. Mm-hmm. Like real love, like the love that you're talking about, the the, the inner self awareness and the divine connected love. Um, and so mm-hmm. I can I can really and truly appreciate that you have arrived at this place on your walk, and that you use what you have learned, and you know, and you infuse that into the music and everything that you create for yourself in your life. And I just want to commend you for being in that space. Thank you, sis. I I appreciate you. Yeah, like my thing is, in the music industry, I got kind of jaded when I was in Panther Record deal and the whole, you know, the limelight kind of stuff that was happening around me. And um, that's not, I didn't didn't feel a part of that. Like, if you see on my page, I post a lot of, like, old school music. I really like a lot of jazz. I really like... You know, Donny Hathaway, Teddy Pendergrass, Al Green, Marvin Gaye. Like, the music from back then, music is supposed to inspire. You're supposed to be able to feel it. And right now, it's about business. It's about image. They're selling something to you. And I don't I don't feel moved by that. You know what I mean? There's artists out there that, like, I vibe with and that um, I draw inspiration from that I like. But... I like a lot of old school music because of that. Even with my rap, like I'm, I like conscious rap. I like hip hop nineties. Yeah. I like Nas, most of tribes, like all right. of that. I vibe with Absolutely. that because they were trying to educate us. They weren't selling Absolutely. the black people out, the black youth out. Period. Right. Right. Do you think it's and that and that and that? I'm sorry. I, you know, I just want to say, like, that that's a level of accountability mm-hmm. that I feel like we all supposed to have, but not everyone takes up that mantle. You know, some people, it's like, it's more important for them to just make the money and to make what sells as opposed to um, being accountable for what it what is you put in out mm-hmm. and how it affects people, what message are you sending, what what truths are you teaching, or even what lies? Because I mean, a lot of themselves that they put out here—they need like, to live you know, in their life. They need to live in their life. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, accountability, authenticity—you know, man—that's that's that's the core of creating anything worth anything. You know what I mean? Like anything worth anything, it starts in truth and love. 
to be at service and of service to others and absolutely even if i don't make a dime with my my music like i'm out there i'm freely expressing myself authentically and if that inspires others to do this others to do the same thing it that's why i'm gonna share it and then you know i get inspired by seeing other people like i look at uh, like when i'm looking online or whatever and i'm seeing other people living their truth or just expressing themselves like i'm in tears i'm like people are so amazing they're beautiful yeah. and you just see so much creation around you the creator yeah. we're made in his image right so it's like create absolutely. Do, absolutely you think that has anything to do with like the environment that's different though because like I, mean, I think about like for instance like i look up to a lot like, a lot of the times i look up to like folks like david ruffin right um just mm-hmm. like his whole story of, like it, it was like a pain story but he was like fighting for like you know a better life and a lot of artists at that time were you know because it, it wasn't just like how it is now you get a deal you get you know millions of dollars you get the, the, the car and the, the house but you know at what cost exactly and mm-hmm. back then it was more like you know they were they, they had to fight like like stick together closer and like you know because they knew like even when they were getting you know these bills they were still getting dropped off where they lived like you know a lot of them still living in the projects and having like a lot of and nothing wrong with that a lot of like you know environmental issues that they were dealing with so mm-hmm. they didn't they didn't want look to sell themselves out to, to make a quick but they're they're looking for a bigger picture so do you think that has anything to do with that Mhm. Hold on, I'm sorry. I'm trying to. Okay, what did you say? Hey, no, I'm not mm-hmm, no, just asking. Do you think that has anything to do with that? Like the fact that like there's lifestyle changes and, and different environmental factors, for instance, like you know, just going into, um, you know, that thing for like with the, a lot of the artists that were, you know, finding to get out and finding society and finding, you know, every, tooth and nail against everything else, want to get some versus like now where it's kind of like. You know, the biggest side is looking to make that 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 big man. You know, housing the hills and getting that that car. So, yeah, so that part that's a part of the lure. I mean, if you want to, if you like, you believe in the devil and all that stuff. Um, I yeah. I believe in energy, but it's it's a part of the lure to to draw you in. And now everybody's chasing the same dream. You want to ask like, what does success look like to you? And most mm-hmm. people probably wouldn't even know how to answer that question. But they would be like, well, it looks like this. It's looking like somebody else's dream or somebody else's vision of success. Um, when I was coming through that, like I had benefactors. I had very powerful, wealthy friends around me. And I was able to do a lot of things. But as I got older and started going down that rabbit hole, um, you know, I was like, man, the surgery and all this other stuff. Now I got to work. I'm over here. I'm a bartender. Um, you know, I'm a server, like I'm doing whatever I have to do to try and raise money to do the surgery. But then I'm like, I just don't want to do the surgery. Um, then at, after I started getting into real estate and becoming uh, financially wealthy for myself, I'm, I'm not rich or anything by any means, but I was like, I'm a finance myself. I'm going to diversify my streams of income so that I'm not dependent on anybody. And also, this isn't the only thing that's feeding me. So at the same time, I won't compromise myself or my spiritual compass to to make it. Like, I, that's, you know, I do this because I enjoy it. I love it. I'm passionate about it. It, it brings me happiness. And I mean, when we start doing things out of survival or scarcity or, you know, like, man, then people, they, they get desperate. They start doing things that they probably wouldn't do spiritually. Um, 
to try and survive. And living at a survival is a, is a dangerous place to be. It can compromise you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I, I look at it like, okay, I'm going to do this. I got my real estate thing I'm building. I got this. I, I go to work every day. You know, I ain't, I ain't opposed to rolling up my sleeves and working, period. Mm-hmm. But then that gives me the freedom to also dream and express myself. And that I could do that out of love. I ain't got to do it out of necessity. So, Lon, what do you what do you tell the next generation? Because you know, you, if you don't mind me sharing, you know, mm-hmm. you have a youth, and you know, just that that whole like statement, like you know, having your own vision of success, like what mm-hmm. what like what do you, how do you show that to like the, the youth? Like how do you show? You know, I know you see all this stuff going on, and I know it looks beautiful and it looks fancy and it looks nice, but you know, mm-hmm. how do you, how do you teach them to look within? Well, the other thing too is. Um, I, I'm, I'm feeling that we're all moving towards, the universe ain't going to wait forever, we're moving towards a more spiritual um, side of ourselves. We're getting to know ourselves more and what we're actually, our purpose here is. Um, like, when I roll up my feet, maybe it's just the, the frequency that I'm on, I'm seeing spirituality i'm seeing crystals i'm seeing people connecting with nature this whole you know instagram model thing and big butts and the fancy cars and everything and i mean it's gonna get old it's like okay all right like when i see people creating things and building things and and expressing themselves organically i'm blown away by it it's like it moves me um so i i would say to get to know yourself on a spiritual level and 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 start walking from there mm. so you're saying like you the people that are hungry like this folks are, are wait are ready or <clears throat> waiting to be fed in their soul yes their souls are being they're waiting to be fed spiritually and in order to do that you got to unplug from it um a lot of the time like you also have to to take accountability as well as um, take control back of, of what you're allowing into your mind, what you're feeding yourself. Like, what, what do you, like, the things that I'm reading, the things that I'm watching on television, the type of music that I'm listening to, mm-hmm. I censor it all because it becomes a part of you. You, you see what I'm saying? Like, I'm with me and my son in the car. We're not listening to Cardi B or anything that's going to be, you know, bitches hold or anything that's going to be derogatory because right. that's not right. food. That's not speaking kingdom into us. That's that's, that's watering our shit down. <laughs> Excuse me, but I'm like, I'm like, yeah, nah, that's not it. I mean, that's that's the truth. And, you know, and I mean, this is a com- that's a conversation that I have all the time as an artist myself is like, I, I can't, I can't vibe with that. Like, I can't, Mm-mm. I can't, you know, I can't respect that, you know what exactly. I mean? Like, the, the fact that you are using your platform, your talent, your gifts in this, you know, mm-hmm. base manner, okay? Right. This manner that does not lift people up, this manner that is degrading either to women, to your culture, to your fellow brothers and sisters, whatever, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. how... You know what I mean? I'll, like, I'll, I'll tell I, you the how. The how is money. 
the thing is, they're, they're part of a bigger system, and they're, they're the reason they're being paid the amounts of money that they're being paid. They're, because they're you're living the type to of sell lifestyle. your soul. Exactly. You're willing to sell the we you want know, the kids to look like them. you. The the crazy wigs, the long hair, the big plastic butts, and everything else, and all the expensive bags because it sells products. And once we stop caring about products and things like. I, I want my son to be able to go and play outside. Like when, when actually when we're in the car, I have lecture tapes that I listen to. Um, we're listening to, you know, uh, Dr. Wayne Dyer, or we're listening to Napoleon Hill. You know, we're, I'm, I'm letting him hear the stuff that I feed myself. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, um, where can we find your music? Um, so right now, um, I have a few things on SoundCloud. Um, oh, you yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of, um, water. Wait, can you hear me now? We can hear you now. Go ahead. Okay. Good, yeah, okay. good. <laughs> you said you had to go ahead. You have a few um, on SoundCloud. <laughs> um, I have a couple things on SoundCloud. I have a few things on YouTube. I'll also, like, I'll drop a link to you guys on, on yeah. Instagram. You know what? I'll just post it on my page tomorrow as well. Um, there was a couple commercials that I did a couple songs for, so I'll put that up. Nice, yeah, um, please, please do. Yeah, and then but I've uh, and your your Instagram handle is your name at uh-huh. Lauren Lauren Harris. Uh-huh. Um, A-R-I-S. Yes, and Lauren, that is L-A-U-R-E-N. Lauren, A-M-A-R-I-S. And I have already followed you. And so, yes. Is that a song? Like, I feel like you'll last me to this minute. It's only A-M-A-R-I-S. You know? Ameris? Yeah. Well, maybe. I don't know. Maybe that's... Like, you could make a song out of your name. It, it it has been done. It has been done before. But you know, I did I did get a chance to listen to uh the songs that you had on your SoundCloud and you've got a very interesting mix of sound and style um mm-hmm. in the music that I heard. I got some I got some techno vibe, I got I got a song that gave me like some teen pop feel. You know. <laughs> and I you know, I was like, Why is this? So it was like a, a lot of different things going on. But um, mm-hmm. I'm gonna give you my my top three. Um, okay. My top three was uh, "Baby Come to Me," oh, and I tell you, okay. I see why I like that one because it was uh-huh. it was it was very vocal and melodic, and that's my thing. I love melody. I love melody and harmony. You know, musicality. So I really yeah, love that. Cool. One. I like and that then, one too. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my second one, "Dreaming American." Oh, I love that. I, I'm going to actually, I'll send you the link. I wrote that for um, a film. Wow. Yeah. Okay. It was okay. So, Lauren, we left off um, with Dreaming American, and you were telling us that you wrote that song for a film. So, yes. Tell yes. about okay. it. So, um, Dreaming American was a short film done by Lee Percy. He was a film editor for a lot of Academy Award films, and then he turned director. So, this was one of his first projects. Uh, the film was about basically Dreaming American, like how many people come to America, like trying to live the American dream. But mm-hmm. as far as the dream is concerned, I mean, 
you know, it, 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 it feels like it's just that. You come over here, you have to do all kinds of odd jobs and, and try, just trying to make it. You know, it becomes yeah. a hard reality. And um, this was about the the actor who came from um, Prague, Prague. He came from Prague, I believe. And Prague. He was trying, yeah, he was trying to make it here. He was, like, dancing at, uh, in a male strip club. And uh, he was doing that to pay for his acting classes so that he could become a famous actor so it was kind of showing the dark side of you know trying to make it here and then also the light side of when you actually see your dream realized but how much do you have to sacrifice before you see it and yeah yeah, so when I was I was I wrote that song for that film but also I was living my own dream in American and with the lyrics um it's the um, only. Hold on, let me think. I'm trying to think of the lyrics. <laughs> nah, <laughs> girl, I, I, I'm gonna get, get my lyrics too So don't say. I already know. Only the brave will be the ones to take it, holding me yeah. down, watching me drown. I guess I was dreaming American, and that's kind of how it felt like. Yeah. Like at that time, like everything, I, I'm fighting for my life out here, and right. only the brave will be able to take this from me. Like I'm still going. <laughs> I was way off when I heard this song. I thought, I'm, you know, I I've been in like the uh, like the Creed too, like he's boxing and stuff, and like uh-huh. you know, that's why I visit. I'm like, you you talking about he's a male stripper? I'm like, oh wow. He was drinking them jingleberries, baby. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I like the Creed version too. That could work. I love that movie. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go box the video too. Well, that's awesome. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. So my my third one was nothing to hide. I like nothing nothing to hide. hide. That was actually um, I did that for a commercial uh, Mm. where I was selling pure sugar. It was uh, Pure Via, the sugar company. It was like Expedia Leaf. And since they since they it's a Expedia Leaf, they had nothing to hide because it's pure, right? Right. I had played off of that and did nothing to hide and basically just um changing my mindset on how i was thinking how i was feeling about things um yeah. you're able to remote, return back to a childlike state like nothing they care for you they don't care they're happy you know yeah it's, it's, they have nothing to hide you know and right. that was kind of where i was going with that free like a child Right, I like that. That was I, I, that was an aspect in the course that I really liked the free like a child part because, like you're right, you know, mm-hmm. children unless you stifle them, um, which the world you know, tries. Mm-hmm. You no, know, I always show them does. You know, mm-hmm. then yeah, they they just express themselves authentically, and you know, they, they are where they are when they are, and um, yeah, they don't they don't have any fear until you tell them that they should be afraid <laughs> then they, right. then you know then they start you know restricting themselves and whatnot you know what I mean they learn that and you that's, pop out that's, the womb ready to take on the world you know? right and it's our, it's our job to keep them safe as much as we possibly can and also yeah. to instill in them spiritually what's going to keep them safe out here but not exactly. to stifle them from actually being children when you see them being in that yeah. moment of freedom or being just yeah. that's what kids do I'm playing. Yeah. I want to go jump yeah. in the puddle. I'm going to go jump with you. 
Like, <laughs> those kind of things. So I feel like that's how we can kind of help children um, to not lose their sense of, of freedom. Absolutely, absolutely. Absolutely. And taking the page out of their book more often than not exactly. because the world will really try to bog you down if it can, mm-hmm. you know, but and we have know, to love that whole child that inner child in ourselves. Um that Absolutely. was there's a book that I recommend. Um I I discovered this book a few years ago and I just picked it up the other day off the shelf and reread it twice. Um it's called The Artist Way. Yeah, uh, Julia yeah. Cameron. Yeah. Yes, that book is amazing, mm-hmm. and it talks about the inner child and and how yeah. you know um, how in our lives we've probably took that child and put him in the corner and locked the door. Yeah, and we have yeah. To open that door, nurture that child, love that child, and let that child be. But mm-hmm. isn't that the key to success? So like nurturing mm-hmm. your own inner child and like being fearless, because like kids aren't afraid of like you know most. Most definitely. That that is exactly. I had wrote something the other day because also in this book it tells you talks to you about journaling, and mm-hmm. it's always good to journal. And while I find this thing, I'll tell you another exercise um, that. Let me see. That um, in the book it expresses to do to help with your creative writing. So basically, for right. ten hours, for um, ten minutes in the morning. You, you, like, while you're coming out of that, that in between stage, you have a pen and notepad by your bedside. And then you pick something in the room. It could be sage, sage candle, or, you know, red rose, or whatever you want to, whatever you see. Write about that, you know, for about 10 minutes. And then, soon as, soon as that 10 minutes is up, put that pen down. Like, even if you're in the middle of a good one, you just stop right there. And by doing this, this keeps your um, your artist writer um, energized. It keeps it excited. Like, oh, if I only got to finish that, let, like, and now your your writer, your inner writer, is excited all day long to write some mm-hmm. more. So mm-hmm. that's building. Um, yeah, yeah. So that that's that. But I did find what I wrote, and this was kind of inspired by. Um, it's a little personal, uh, but I'll, I'll share it. Let me see. Uh-huh. Where is it? Okay, here it is. Okay. Okay, it's called um, Having a Feeling of Unsurrender or Choosing to Be a Warrior in a War. I was unarmed for fighting. Here I am battling an invisible supervillain. And yes, the warrior was a fierce opponent and was out of this world, only to discover after doing the work on myself that the invisible supervillain warrior was me. The projections and the stories that I told myself. As I approached the supervillain, this time my approach was different. I calmly walked up and laid down my sword. I got down on both knees with my head lowered to remove my warrior headdress. When I looked up, this entity had done the same. As I look in the, as I look in a maze it was me like it was me the whole time a darker scarred up version of me i looked into my own eyes looking at all the pain all the stories about that pain and i felt everything that i was holding on to i grabbed myself and cried i held myself so tight then when i was done the darker version of myself had turned into a child 
me as a child. From this day forth, I will raise this child up in love. I will correct the wrong. I will encourage, nurture, and love unconditionally this child that is me. Um, yeah, okay. so... <laughs> Look, man, I, I I love you, sister. I love, I love you. Okay? you too. I just want to say that right now. I want to put it out there because you know it's it's a blessing to speak to you today and receive you know everything that you're sharing. And I, I just want to give some Thank of that love you. back to you. I love you. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. We appreciate you. We appreciate you stopping by, Lauren. Um, you know, and and telling us where we can go to support you, to follow you, to you know just. Keep, you know, saying you know, a breath with like what you're you're doing, and because you're you're a beautiful energy that just touches the stage, and, and we really would you know just welcome you anytime. You know, to I appreciate you, and I look yeah, forward thank to you it so much. I, I look forward to it. Um, I, this other book that I'm reading, real quick, and then and then I'll I have to go do things with the baby. Um, <laughs> <laughs> get them ready with for bed. Um, but the the book called The Law of Success. Uh, I share a book with my dad. Me and him read a lot of books. We, we pass books on to each other. Him passing most things mm-hmm. to me. Um, but in there, it talks about the mastermind. And the mastermind is not one person, but it is a collective of, of multiple minds and people working in harmony together. So definitely happy to have had this meeting with you guys. And I look forward to creating a synergy where we're a mastermind together and we're able to create inspire and and just do great things together so i thank you guys for this call absolutely thank you and i Mm -hmm. i am in agreement with that and and being a part of that that mastermind and and you know moving that positive energy forward so amen all right we are definitely going to keep in contact Mm -hmm. with you and we hope to have you on again at another time um, and we're definitely going to be following uh, what you're doing musically and just creatively because I'm, I know that you have so much more to offer than just that. And uh, I'm sure you're going to be doing many great and wonderful things. And we want to keep up with you and what you are doing. So thank you so much, thank Lauren you. Ameris, for being with us today on the Fireside Jam. And um, we shall jam again another yeah. time. Amen. All right. Well, you guys take care, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Likewise. All right. Bye. All right, y'all. Have a good night. Peace.